Hello and welcome back to the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. Episode 212. There's been a little bit of a hiatus uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, we just took a few weeks off uh, after putting together uh, several uh, amazing episodes, the most recent of which, Thierry Linku. I'm still uh, amazed at how well that went. It was a fantastic conversation. But today is another one, episode 212, with Patrick Rooney. Uh, such a humble, young talent. Really enjoyed t- uh, chatting with him about so many different topics. Firstly, we uh, discuss about the the intensity of the schedule. We're back uh, into the thick of things in pro squash, and uh, it doesn't end until the end of Jan- uh, uh, June, I believe, with the uh, Commonwealth Games for a lot of the guys. Uh, you've got the World Championships coming up uh, in a few days' time, and then Elguna after that. Uh, British Nationals, Canadian Nationals coming up. We've got several episodes uh, with any luck uh, on that event. Uh, looking forward to uh, having Victor Berg uh, on the podcast in the coming weeks, Jamie Nichols, and hopefully a few of the uh, all the defending champs uh, and some other contenders in the mix in that event. But today... Uh, Patrick Rooney really enjoyed chatting with him and uh, he's one of the the real young talents uh, world number 20 right now but he's rising and uh, you can tell the last few events he's really uh, had some very good wins and then also um, challenging the best of the best uh, right now and he's uh, he's ready to make another move I think he's already 20 in the world but yes we talk about that schedule right now how intense it's been for him and how he's had to uh, sort of adjust the way he approaches the game in order to keep his body uh, firing at these events and playing at his best squash he's uh, off to Cairo he's probably there by now because we recorded this the day uh, he was traveling uh we look at his evolution uh, as a player. Uh, he started, he turned pro at a very young age, I think 17, and he talks about those years, uh, the struggles he had, but the love for the game that he had at that time, and that's what kept him going, kept him learning. Uh, we also talk about the incredible uh, time that he spent uh, with the, the legend, the late great Malcolm Wilstrup, and he talks about what Malcolm meant to him, and now uh, he's also working uh, closely with James and uh, you know, some great stories there about working with, with Malcolm and how uh, he impacted his game and how James is doing so uh, right now as well. And then we talk about the uh, several other uh, things, but uh, also the British Nationals that's coming up of, and obviously the Commonwealth Games, but the British Nationals is an event that he holds uh, dear to his heart and he would very much love to win that one. So we talk about the importance of the British Nationals to him, which is coming up, and it's going to be wide open. We talk about the field uh, heading into that event, and uh, really, uh, obviously, you've got a couple of favorites, Joel Macon, maybe even James Wilstrup giving it one last uh, kick at the can, and um, obviously, uh, Patrick Rooney's right there in the mix. You've got guys like uh, Nathan Lake, who's been playing extremely well. I hope he's uh, recovered from that little injury he picked up in the last event, but uh, we've got Patrick Rooney on today, episode 212 of the In Squash podcast. Hi. Hey, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Great, great. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, you've uh, been meaning to reach out to you uh, for a while now and uh, finally got around to it. 
Yeah, how's things? Yeah, glad I could fit in. You must be uh, packing your bags soon, right? Yeah, that's my next job after this. Actually, I'm leaving tomorrow morning for Cairo to play yeah. on Saturday. So um, two and a half days from now. Uh, so yeah, today today's just been final parts of training and then packing tonight. Packing. So how are you? Uh, I mean, I was going to ask you a bit later on, but I might as well mention it now. I mean, it's this is probably the uh, the busiest. Uh, you've been since pre-pandemic in the squash. Oh, yeah. It's been a pretty full-on now. It's great to be back, I would imagine, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the exact opposite, actually, from what we experienced through COVID. Like, we've had so much on in the last few months. So I think in the last um, maybe six weeks, maybe more, I've had pretty much a tournament every week. So I did two in America, and then I did four in England, one in Dublin, and then I was on to World Doubles and Europeans as well. Yeah, and that's all been since February, so it's been great nonstop. By the way, on on the win. Thank you. There. Yeah, that was your yeah. first. I think it was your first uh, ever senior uh, represent. Your seen first ever senior. Yeah, you guys say cap. It was yeah. When I when I when I say cap to my buddies back in Canada, they have no idea what I'm talking about, right? But uh, yeah, your first ever yeah. cap. Yeah, so I thought it was one cap for one event, but I think it's one. Is it one cap for every single match I played? I'm not sure. I think yeah. So you got two, right? Yeah, did but you, within the top, within, um, I played. Oh, I can't remember. I played. Oh, I was meant to play in the final, but I didn't end up playing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just two. Yeah. Well, that's good. Undefeated at the European teams. Uh, but yeah, yeah. How, how's yeah, the body yeah. holding up? Uh, I guess with all the this, it depends on how well you would have been training over <clears throat> COVID. Either you went absolutely crazy, yeah. or, or you may may not have done enough. Uh, body holding up. The start of the start of COVID, I I took a bit of time off because it didn't look like anything was going to be coming up in the like near future. So I took that time to like rest and like enjoy the time off. But then when it looked like things were starting to get back to normal, I yeah, smash training. I tried to get fit, tried to get as strong as I could. Like with what we had, we didn't have much available. Uh, there wasn't much. Um, there wasn't many courts open in England at the time, so I just did what I had good. to do. It was pretty uh, limited in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were lim- we were limited for a, a good few months. It was only I think the first tournament back was September. I think and clubs started opening around maybe June or July. So there's a good few months where we didn't have anything available, but you just got to work with what you've got. Yeah. No, exactly. You should have come over here to the the UAE. You would, you could have been playing uh, all the time. Non-stop, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah that they, would have been they, good. They were pretty lax at all. Um, you know, the, our, our club didn't close. The, the, the public facility, like squash facilities, were all pretty much right. open. Yeah, if I know that, yeah. If I'd have known that early enough, I would have. I should have let you know about that uh, earlier, Patrick. It's a little late now, yeah. but uh, anyways, uh, how was the doubles? By the way, is that that's probably something you don't you don't do much of. I know it, the hardball doubles is popular where I come from. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been over to America a few times now, and yeah, it's hardball's massive over there, and it's I've had a go. It's quite fun. Yeah. Um, but like the double squash is it's a different game, and I'm I've. I've been practicing for the last two or three years, like 
to prepare to like play in the possible Commonwealth or or a World Doubles, something like that. And um, yeah, even now, like I'm still not still not as used to it as I should be. Um, but I thought me and Gina did quite well in the in uh, the event that we played. Yeah, yeah. We had a good win against uh, New Zealand, and then India were a bit too experienced. I thought when we came up against them. Yeah, they, they they surprised. That was surprising to see to see them pull it off. Uh, you know, I would have thought obviously there are some talented players in India, but you, I, I never really uh, made the connection of doubles squash with India. But, yeah, well, it's like like I say like doubles is a bit different. Mm. So you can tell like with them and Scotland, like they're very savvy when it comes to doubles. Like they they know the positioning quite well and they know like the tactics and they know how to adapt quite quickly. Whereas I don't think we're quite as like sharp when it comes to that, but we'll we'll get used to it. It's, it's all experience, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you, you and Gina are uh, young enough to uh, to make inroads. Uh, going yeah, forward. yeah, we got time, got plenty of time. Plenty of time, exactly. Well, yeah. the most important thing coming up for you, though, obviously, is uh, you've got. I mean, the next few months it just doesn't stop, does it, for you? Um, but the World Championship. Well, no. <laughs> I was, yeah. gonna, I was gonna say I was at the end of that block where it was non-stop tournaments, but it's kind of like yeah, I've got a week off. Well, I've had a week off now, but it carries on, doesn't it? I've got Worlds, Alguna, and then Nationals, then Commonwealths. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like I've got an end season at the minute. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I'd forgotten about Commonwealths. I, I thought uh, thought it all ended with. Uh, I was going to say that the Nationals must be the the big one for yeah. you. Commonwealths actually would be, but. Uh, Let's talk about the World Championships. So, I mean, you're you're flying out of there uh, tomorrow. Uh, yeah. How long is the flight from from the UK? I guess about. Uh, I think it's four and a half hours. Sorry. Um, I might have got it wrong. I thought no, it was no, about no. five hours. About five hours. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not as bad as you might think. No, no, no. It's no. okay. Yeah. So yeah. So, so yeah, you can the leave. Tra- yeah. The travel won't be too too difficult. I've got a day off after. I arrived um, to get like any practice I want done, any like recovery work, stuff like that. And then I'll play the day after that. Yeah. And you've got in the first round, you've, I mean, it's a, it's a very tough ask, but uh, you had a good, uh, good match against him earlier in the year uh, against the Puma. Uh, yeah. Elias. Uh, I think it was three, one, all the games were close. Uh, obviously he's uh, one of the guys who is like yourself, uh, gunning for that top spot, he's ranked a bit higher than you. But uh, uh, how do you feel heading into that match? I mean, obviously you've had some excellent results lately against some against the best players in the world. So you've got, you know, you should be ready to roll. I would say. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel good for it. Um, I've had a good few results, like you say, and um, like I, I think our styles are quite similar, and I've had a good like. I've had a lot of match practice leading up to it. So I'm feeling quite good coming up against them. It's like there's no pressure as well. Uh, and I usually play I play better in those situations. So it's kind of like I've got nothing to lose. So I've just got to like go for it and see how well I can do. I'm looking yeah. forward to it, actually. I, I, I like playing him. I like watching him as well. Hmm. Yeah, he's one of those guys you, you like to watch, isn't he? I mean, he just... I mean, you you as well. You guys, you guys have similar styles in, in a way. The way yeah, you, I would you say... Move the ball around... Similarly, yeah. you don't move similarly, but you move the, the ball around. The no, he's, yeah, he's, he's a lot yeah. smoother with his movement, isn't he? But yeah, yeah I would say we. I, I wasn't, we that's not what I meant. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's true, though. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not he's hiding smoother, it. He's smoother in his movement, yes. But from my view, I would say you're maybe maybe you're more effective with with your movement. I, I think maybe you you get to balls. Maybe, uh, yeah. Uh, it's something I've had to had to work on on a lot. Um, like I said, getting down low isn't isn't easy, and he he does that quite well. But like I like learning from those players and seeing how they do it and like putting it into my practice. So I know it's something I've got to work on like consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, you both have uh, guys in your corners that are legends of the game as well. I mean, you're you're working, I would imagine, a fair amount with uh, James. Uh, yeah, a little bit. and uh, he's got my my hero of the game, uh, Jonathan Power, uh, in his corner. Yeah, yeah. Two legends. Well, I like. I used to like watching um, Power as well. He was another one because he's quite, he was very skillful, isn't he? Oh yeah, it's quite interesting yeah. to watch. And those skillful. are the kind of players that yeah, I'm keen to I'm keen to watch and learn from. So I picked up a few bits from watching him as well. Yeah, I like I, I, a lot of the racket skills that. Uh, James has, uh, I, I think John, Jonathan and James have similar racket skill ability, like just the ability yeah. to, with their, with their deceptive uh, skills and, yeah. and what they can do with the time on the and, ball. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's kind of like my strength and my like identity on the court. So I've always watched players like that. And um, I'm always practicing like, like accuracy and like skills and how to like maybe like be deceptive on court. It's like I'm, and like yeah, like you say, working with Jimbo, he's he's doing that all the time, and he's always done yeah. that. Being on court with someone who, yeah, so yeah, being on court with someone who like sends you the wrong way every session, or you like you find it so hard to read, like it helps. I feel like I read the game very well now from yeah, being on be, court with him. When he's in the back corner and trying, you know, yeah, he's, got the, he's holding it on the backhand. Yeah, uh, so it, yeah, you, you've got to be first, so watchful, don't you? Yeah, when I first started practicing with him, it's it's like you have no idea where the ball was going. Like if if you overhit a drive, you're on the tee, yeah, and you're wary of about four different shots that he's playing, and they all look the same. And then he, as well as that, he's so accurate with it. And yeah, I like to do that as well. Yeah, I'll try. He's so, he's so accurate. I wouldn't know what to yeah. mean. Obviously, it's a different level, but he's just so. He, he hits it so tight all the time yeah. from every – doesn't matter, regardless of where it is on the court. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he, on the days where he says he's not had the best, like, movement day or his body's not feeling great, it's his accuracy what's, like, made him level with players who are maybe on a, on a better form than him. I think because he's so accurate, it kind of protects his movement a lot. And then on the days when he's, his body's feeling, like, great – that you can tell that he's able to take top players out because of how accurate he is. Yeah, he's been doing that lately. I mean, uh, in in events, you know, uh, recent uh, tournaments, he's taken out some big names. Just, you know, it's just an yeah. incredible squash. And when yeah. it's when his movement, I think, it, would you agree? Like when his movement isn't quite, you just mentioned it isn't quite on. That might be when he's at his. Yeah, yeah. It was when I think the US US Open. It was. Do you remember the recent one? Yeah, where he, he played Abuelgar and Marwan, and he was he he looked like he was having a good like it was a good time with his body, and he was moving well. And then if he's got his accuracy on top of that, like he's in, like it's so hard to beat. 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. Now, how does that that must rub off on you in a big way? I mean, to when you're when you're with him and he's so, you know, focused on being accurate, that's got to yeah. rub off on you. And and your game's a bit different, so uh, yeah, it's gotta, it's, hmm. it's rubbed off a lot because like practicing with him so much, you have to adapt to be that accurate as well. Because you know, like the way we do things at Pontefract is like it's a lot. A lot of the work is down the walls, it's straight work, and like I've, I soon learned that if I'm not gluing the ball to the sidewall, he's either he's there stepping in playing a really tight drop, or he's, he's somehow he's showing the drop, then sending me back, and then hitting an accurate shot. I play a loose one, so I've quickly adapted to learn ways of how to get around that and get as accurate as him. And then I've added some of my own stuff on top of it that I like to do. So I'm not I'm not copying him, but like I'll never repeat being James Wilstrop. But if I can add some of my own own stuff on, like I think that'll work. I mean, I mean, I guess what you know what you're doing in Pontefract is basic. It's it's fundamental squash, right? You've got to yeah find your target, keep it tight, and build your build your squash around around that. Yeah, right? a lot of it's yeah it's it's basic like tight, tight exercises, like down the walls, like, and then as well as that, you've got a lot of open play stuff where you can get the chance to add your own little differences on top. And that's what Malcolm was big on. He was, he was big on like the fundamentals, like getting things like correct in that way. But then he would encourage players to be like themselves and find their own way of doing it. Yeah. And I think that's worked quite well for me. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so yeah, uh, Diego's obviously a tough uh, draw to to get in the first round. You think you know, having made inroads into the the top twenty in the world, that you might have a sort of a, a good like first round warm up match. But that you know, you're right yeah. you're, uh, right into things there. I don't know if you saw. Uh, I think it was a few days ago. Uh, Tarek Moman, he he tweeted out. I think it was hashtag copy paste. Something about yeah, yeah. Did you the, see that? the draws? Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, that, that's something I I noticed like a while ago. I, I was just like in several tournaments in a row, the the draws were very similar. Like guys were playing each other like in two or three events in a row. Yeah, in the first round. Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, like, what's your like? Why do you think that might be? Isn't there like a draw master or something? Someone who there is. So I'll, I'll like. It was funny because I think it is random, randomly selected outside the top two. Yeah. So I don't. It's just like it, like Tyrek's tweet said. Like, what are the odds of that happening? Like, it must be like very unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not happened to me that much yet. Um. I I get different players every tournament, but yeah, I did see that. It's quite funny. Yeah. I, I. It's something I I noticed. Um like a while ago before this, it just seemed like certain guys were in several events yeah. playing each other. It just seemed- noticed like in the women's as well, that for example, like Hania and Camille was playing each other quite a lot. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the reason is. Um, I think it is randomly selected. It's just strange, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, 
Well, uh, now I wanted to, if you don't mind, uh, Patrick, if we take a little little bit of a look back, uh, because now, I mean, now you're in the big league, you know, you're, you're top 20 in the world, you're playing in the World Open, playing Diego Elias, but it wasn't that long ago when you were, uh, I guess, I did my research, you were a 17-year-old on, on the tour, uh, playing it, playing in a few of, of the uh, the lower the tier events yeah. and, and winning them and uh, you know earning yeah. the stripes that that way. So what what do it's, you uh, yeah. remember from that period? Uh, um, you know, earning your stripes. Seventeen years old. Uh, probably, I would say, looking back, it was probably a bit too early to join the tour. I think I would I would say there was. I don't think there was much need for me to do tournaments at that age. I thought I could. Looking back, like at the time, I I wasn't to know, but um, maybe there was a bit more learning to do before I I stepped onto the like the the lower like five Ks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember it being like a long graft and just get trying to get into every tournament you can, and like a lot of it might be first round losses. So you're coming away with at that time it was if you lost first round of qualifying, it was no points and no money. So right. you yeah. get, a, yeah, you get a quick, um, like insight to what it's like earning money as a pro. Like there isn't yeah. much of that going on. There's not much. Um, going on. Yeah. yeah. No, but it was, it was, it was actually the only thing I, I had in my life to do. Like it was all I wanted to do. So it was, it was just like, yeah, like I say, a long graft and then learning, the game, playing different players, traveling the world, seeing different things. And yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it sort of prepared you for, for what sort of you built towards what you're, where you're at now. Was there any, uh, yeah. I know you won uh, a fair few events back during that time, especially, you know, as, as you started to gain a bit more experience. Was there any uh, one sort of event or one a tournament that, in particular, that maybe you think you turn the corner uh, and realize, you know, now now's I'm going to make that that uh, move into the top. Uh, yeah, in the world. Well, it wasn't that long ago, really. I had, I think it was 2019. Is that far back enough? Yeah, yeah, that's. I, like I think that. yeah. You're you're what? Um, you would have been 23 or 22 years old then. I yeah, I think I think maybe, uh, yeah, 20. 22 I'd had a I had a really good summer training block and I did a lot of things differently and I learned a lot and I changed the way I approached like training and like mindset and then after that summer block I came came back and won the 10k in Madeira and then straight after that the 20k in Tring right yeah yeah so I got like back-to-back wins and then biggest title and I think it was because of those changes I made in that summer. Um, like I was, I was recording like daily, like what I do in my my training day. Yeah. So, and I did that for the whole like whatever it was, ten to twelve week summer block. And I would go into like a lot finer detail of what I was doing and concentrate on each session as it comes, like ticking off everything in the day. And then that that um, that added up to like a really good ten weeks, twelve weeks of of training. And it showed in those tournaments. Like I I came back and my mind was ready to like get on with the job in hand and 
yeah. Apple so you started, I guess, money. basically, it sounds like you started to mature a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Point, no? Yeah, a bit later than I sh- maybe should have, but everyone's on their own path, aren't they? Yeah, no, no, I mean, I in my own, lim- my limited squash uh, playing uh, career, I just remember after juniors where I was fairly successful in Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada, it took me like three years before I did anything significant in, at the senior level. You know, it was, yeah. it was very frustrating, but then I figured out what it was. It's called training. Training, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, have, you have to actually put the effort, uh, oh, more yeah, yeah. effort into it because guys are bigger, stronger, smarter, Yeah, you know, everything more than you are. Yeah, and that's something that I've, I learned quite early on that part what what you just said. Um, like I've always known that you have to put the effort in and I have. It's just there's other things around that that maybe would have maybe maybe took me onto that next level, the next jump. Like like I say, like the finer details of everything like you in your day to day training and life really. Like everything like adds up and like if you if you're adding like little one percents in each each little section of your yeah, your training week, like it added up to a big, like a big improvement coming into those tournaments. And then I felt, I felt once, I, once I'd started the first round of the first tournament, like it, like my mind was ready to, like just perform. I didn't have to think about anything else. There was not, there wasn't much pressure because all I had to do was go and perform. I'd done the work. Mm. And I was just ready to, ready to do it. That's what it was. It was, it was planning that. So I planned the whole summer out. And then, um, like I said, like record everything, look back, like what, what, what did I do well? What, did, what could I have done differently? Like start tweaking things, like make improvements. And it just shows that if you're doing that for a few months and you can make like a big improvement, like what will like a year make or, or maybe two years, something like that. Yeah. yeah the difficulty with... Oh, sorry. But yeah, but the difficulty, the difficulty, like at the minute, is that I've got so many tournaments going on that, it's, yeah, it's hard to get into a consistent like routine of what you're doing. So, like like now, things have changed again, where I've had to adapt and kind of work work out a way to stay sharp, but also stay stay like fresh and fit for these tournaments that are coming back to back. So it's not it's not like you you have the chance to get a good training block in. It's like a lot of the focus goes into recovery and like maybe a bit of power and speed work. And then you're getting your cardio in, in between tournaments, like you're picking and choosing where you, you're fitting it in to work with like being the best you can be for that next match. So I'm always, you're always having to change and adapt. Yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it? It just seems like uh, the, these events are coming hard and fast right now. You've just kind of somehow have to find a way of, managing yeah. everything so that you're at your best uh, at the beginning of each yeah. event. That's a tricky one. Yeah. I guess. It is, yeah. Um, that's what I think Jimbo is quite good at that. He's quite good at um, he knows his he knows his body quite well now. He's very experienced and I've, I've watched him and seen, seen how he's doing things and it's, it shows that like not always not, it does, not everything has to be like 100% like max out like you you can pick and choose 
like how hard your sessions have to be in between tournaments. Like just because you're maxing out on a fitness session, for instance, like it's not everything. I've done, I've made that mistake before where I, in between tournaments, I thought I needed to put a lot of work in, but then it's not actually worked that well because the next tournament, I felt a bit flat and a bit slow and a bit a bit fatigued. So it's I've I've made loads of like silly mistakes like that, but it's it's about learning it all and like finding your way of doing things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're you're all, you're not yet 25, so I think you're probably learning. You know, taking this all in your stride and and uh, sort of uh, coming together at the right time. You're figuring things out. Uh, yeah, I think I think I've I've always had like strengths. It's just I've not, I'm not really put it together very well so I think it's 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 coming together a lot a lot better nowadays and I think it's showing in these tournaments well for sure I mean I was really impressed with the with the last few events you played and I mean the matches that you lost you it just seemed I forget who was was it what was the last tournament you played um, <clears throat> so I lost to I lost to Alan Klein in Dublin and then Joel Makin yeah. in Manchester and then Asal in British Open yeah, I mean, I guess you've played Alan a few times, and you know he's he's never going to give up, right? So no, it doesn't go it doesn't go away easily. No. And then you've been yeah, he was, he was, a few times recently, so I guess you, you may, maybe that that was a learning experience for you. You know, don't take it was yeah, for granted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he's one of those players that like on his day can can be a nightmare, and that was one of those days. Like maybe I won too many tournaments, but. Like I did what I could do to recover and get ready for it. But yeah, like I said, it was just better on the day. And then that gave, gave me a bit of motivation next week, the week after when I played him to, yeah. to get my revenge. Yeah. I was happy to do that as well. You, you let the Scots take the, the all Scottish final there in Ireland and then. Yeah, let them have, have one tour. And then I'll get, and then I'll uh, get a little revenge at the Europeans. It was all planned out. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that a lot of that stuff you mentioned about the improvements you made in your game and sort of the structure outside of the court that you you've taken. Um, now I'm just maybe I'm wrong, but uh, you've done a, a little bit of mental uh, training. I, I know I, I think I saw something on, on uh, squash site or something along those lines. And I've I've spoken to Jesse uh, Engelbrecht. He has his squash mind. Uh, app which is really cool and uh, he does a lot of really good stuff there so how much of an impact has uh, the mental training uh, have uh, had on, on your game and on your ability to perform it's very very important I think I think it gets definitely when for the younger players I think it gets underlooked a bit the mental work I think I, it's hard to understand how important it actually is when you until like you get to that certain level, which I'm which I'm finding out um, that a lot of it is is actually mental. But like I say, when I was a bit younger, like just coming out of juniors and like early twenties, it it doesn't quite sink in how how important it is and what it means. So mid match, you can have those switches of like momentum and like the pressures that are going on, and you have to find ways of dealing that dealing with those and that's that's a big thing what I've worked on over the last um, three years like because those matches that I've won those matches that I've won recently there's been parts where 
like the old me would have maybe crumbled under the pressure mm. and like made like silly errors or something like for example but now I'm able to like deal with those things in the moment and it's because of like it's how you realize it on in the moment on court and I think I'm able to switch back to what I need to do a lot better now that's because of the work with like with the mental stuff yeah, I mean, when you when you're up against a guy like a, like a Marwan El Shabagi, I mean, you've got to be mentally uh, if you're not uh, yeah. mentally strong yeah. and focused, uh, that could go you know very yeah. badly for you. Yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of tricks, there's a lot of things like a lot of little things you don't really notice, like on the stream and on the um, on Squash TV that you have to kind of deal with on court. And you're going to get that with all different kinds of players. They'll have the mind games. They'll have things that they do. It doesn't look like anything, but when you're on court, it could like distract you or it could like throw you off and you have to kind of zone in and either block it out or find a way to switch, switch back into your own mind and get, get on with your game plan. Yeah, squash is a great game it, like that, isn't it? I mean, I, I've got yeah. guys that I play against that, you know, they just sort of the way the way they, they walk or the way they look at you. Yeah, know, yeah. The yeah. little mannerisms uh, they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything. Like, it's everything, yeah. <laughs> you only know you only know when you're on there that playing them. Like, you, it's... I find it funny, actually. I, I enjoy it, that part of it. But, like like I say, the younger me would have... would crumble under certain situations where you're getting distracted or you're getting put off by what, what another player is doing. It doesn't look like anything. But then, like the experience, you get, you learn that all oh, right, he might be doing that to put me off, or he, he's doing this to, for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there's a guy I used to compete against, and uh, he'd always say the same thing before he would serve, and and, yeah. and he knew it would get under my skin. He'd say something like, "Yeah, what's that?" Like like that, right? But it was yeah. it was the way he would he would say it. I, and it and it would work. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if so if so if that I you'd do that every time, wouldn't you? If that's gonna affect someone. That that's your yeah. main tactic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's How what I mean like skin I was back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh definitely. So yeah, the mental training and your maturity allows you to be able to handle uh, those situations but i would imagine uh, you know i did i saw i think it was a, a few weeks back you tweeted uh or you retweeted something about malcolm uh and on the year that he had passed and uh, obviously again uh, in my condolences he was someone who's you were very close to and having him in your corner he'd be the type of person and james who would, you know being with them would enable you to overcome these types of situations, knowing their yeah, yeah. The way that they handle things. So I'm just wondering uh, over the years, uh, uh, if you could just speak to the impact that, uh, that Malcolm's had on, on you. I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was probably one of the latest people to ever work with him really. Um, I, I heard a lot about him as a junior and like who he's like obviously brought through, Obviously, you got Lee and James, but then there's so many other players that he's he's coached and he's influenced through Ponty or like just through coaching in general. 
like you see you see a lot of people like from all over the world that have been influenced by him. I find that really like impressive how he can like like I say influence like and make those people want to like pursue a life in squash. Like they, they enjoy going to his sessions, like they're inspired by it and like they, they want to pass on what he, he's taught to them. Um and I was the same, like I say I was he was a I was late to to Ponty really. So when I got there, he wasn't quite as as mean as the stories I've heard of him. So there's there's before before I went, there's stories of him like banning everyone for doing the wrong thing and stuff like that. Um, David, David Campion told a great story. He he even got banned. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, I think everyone's been banned. I think James, James probably got banned. Yeah. 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 I think I think so. But like I said, I don't. I we got on well. Yeah. Because basically because I didn't talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and because I wasn't a big talker back then. I he, the first time I ever trained with him, he was like, "When you come here, you don't talk, and you just listen, and you're trying to do what I say." So me not not being a big talker, I didn't have a problem doing that. So we got on quite well. Yeah, he, yeah. He, like he, he used to always say, I was well behaved, um, but that was only when I was being coached by him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon, as soon as I leave the club, like yeah, rackets would be thrown everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm sure if he if he had caught wind of something like that, though, you you would have. Oh yeah, there was. There did, was did, times, he ever, uh, yeah. did he ever reprimand you uh, at, at any point? Or yeah, yeah, there was times. Yeah, um, there was times where he's, he heard about stuff where I was behaving badly. That was always a big thing. What he he would like tell me, like it, it wasn't that I would played badly or I played well. It was like I behaved or I didn't behave. And that, that's who he, was, he comes from a teaching background. That's what he was very big on. So now I'm a bit more mature. I try to, I'm trying to carry that on, mm. trying, to, trying to be well-behaved on court, like be a bit respectful, stuff like that, because that's the way he, he wanted the game to be played. Um, so I, I think that's a good thing, a good trait to have. Like the, the, the game needs characters, um, so I'm all for I'm all for like people like shouting and screaming if they want to do that. You need different characters in the sport. Um, I'm just I'm just not one of them. I, I don't think. Um, and then he he was actually a big help with the, the mental stuff. So be, before I before I went to him, he he um, I would I would be quite loud and a bit. I'd get angry at myself on court like a like a immature junior does. But he helped me like start to see things a bit differently and behave. And I think that did have a big impact on my game. Um, yeah, other than that, he was just—he was great. He was there every morning, like without without fail. And like like I say, he was he was happy for me to express myself on court and become the player I am today. And um, yeah, he wouldn't he yeah. wouldn't take any messing about as well. We all enjoyed his sessions. We all enjoyed his sessions. Then we all didn't at the same time because we all had to be like well behaved <laughs> yeah you want, you yeah, want to you know express your you know uh, have a bit of good some good crack out there but I guess he wouldn't yeah yeah so he would, he would he would he would he would always be the one with a good crack he would be <laughs> the one like taking the piss out of everyone <laughs> yeah and then um, but then if you ever answered back you wouldn't be happy with that yeah, I guess that that was always something like uh, you I mean not 
I would imagine that 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 would have been something you enjoyed almost just going there and uh, embracing the occasion of spending time with with Malcolm and the way the way he coaches and in his environment right yeah he made the he made the sessions fun because of like how he is and how he like he like he does crack jokes at everyone like yeah, that's what made it fun like if you if you made a silly error he'd, he'd take the mic out of you and then it'd be a bit different with the juniors because he, like a big thing with the juniors was yeah you want them to be well behaved but then like when it comes to like maybe the older juniors and then the adult sessions like they'd love it it was just like it was all fun like they'd, what, every, like, they'd be queuing up to get on court to one of his sessions because it was fun yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't wasn't too wasn't too wasn't too detailed in squash. You know, I think I think that can go a bit wrong sometimes when when sessions are a bit too they're a bit too um, a bit too squash specific. Like it doesn't have to doesn't have to be like that. I think it could just be like a bit more fun. And then and then I think people if they want to learn that side of things, they can choose to do that themselves. And that's how that's how people get to love the game. They love it first and then they want to improve, not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he'd be really, I mean, if he had, if he was around to see, you know, the, the latest version of you, he'd be very impressed. I mean, I don't really, when I watch your matches, every match uh, in the PSA these days, you're going to have a little bit of argy-bargy, as you guys say, or, or uh, you know, the, there'll be a bit of banter between you, the officials, maybe even your opposition but uh, I mean you don't really go there that often uh. no I don't I don't see the point um, like when I said before about uh, things distracting you that's I think that's a huge distraction for me personally I don't know other people it, it might fire them up but for me if I get involved with that sort of stuff it just doesn't help me whatsoever if I'm arguing with the ref or if I'm letting the player distract me in any way it doesn't help my game um, so I try and keep keep it Zoned in, keep keep it all about the squash. Yeah, um, and I'm like I'm up for like a little, like, like I treat it a bit like practice. If I can crack a joke or something, have a bit of fun. I don't see the I don't see anything wrong with that. Like if I'm playing well and there's like I'm doing all that I can. I like I want to enjoy my squash as well. I don't, I don't. That's what I like about what I'm doing at the minute. I'm I'm enjoying it more than ever, and I'm yeah. playing better than I ever was. So. I'm going to carry on enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. If you're if you're enjoying your squash, uh, there's a good chance that you're going to be successful uh, up there on the yeah. court. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, uh, uh, I was going to say, uh, um, yeah, well, you've got the with, like we were saying earlier. You've got uh, the World Championships next week, you've, and you've got uh, uh, the British Nationals coming up. And I'd forgotten about uh, as as you mentioned uh, the Commonwealth Games, which is huge. But uh, the British Nationals, I guess, uh, for any Brit, uh, uh, is something uh, that that you'd want to achieve to win to win that title, right? So, yeah. uh, obviously, uh, I think this year is going to be quite interesting. You've got uh, got Joel, who's playing extremely well. Yourself, James. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be playing this. You know, he won't have that many more of these. Uh, he's still uh, going to be a contender there. Uh, and though there are others as well, Declan James and uh, Nathan Lakes playing extremely well. So uh, yeah. you've got a really exciting uh, British Nationals coming up. So what would it? Uh, what does that event mean to you, given all the legends that have won it? 
and uh, where does it rank among the the titles that uh, you'd like to have under your belt? Um, it's definitely one, definitely one on the list. Say if I could, if I could have a, a top, a top five, it'd definitely be in there because of the yeah, like you said, the past the past people who have won it, like it is a prestigious title, and because I'm getting close to possibly making the final and pushing for a title like it it's starting to mean a bit more like the previous years I've been I've been a bit out of that bracket so like, I'd go in giving it my all but I wouldn't I've not really pushed past second round ever um I'm, I'm, I've, yeah other than Joel it's it's pretty open isn't it it is, yeah. I think we're all. I think we're all. I think we're all quite even at the minute. And like you say, yeah, Nathan's playing really well. He was. He was very impressive at the uh, Europeans. He's a. He's an impressive player. A guy that big. He's got. Yeah. He's got tremendous hands, doesn't he? I mean, he's. he's yeah, he has. Yeah. Touch, I am. Um, I was on. I was on this other podcast, and he said, "Who's the the guy?" Asked me, "Who's who's the most underrated player on tour?" And I, I said, "Nathan, actually, because hmm. I think I think he's definitely playing way above his ranking." And I think, yeah, he's he's just got so much quality to his like shots and his like um, his tactics. It's it's like showing now. So I think he'll be he'll be a dark horse. I think. Yeah, definitely. And he move and for a guy that big, he moves he moves extremely well. He's very athletic. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, he's probably a lot of sport. Yeah. Oh yeah, he loves it. Loves his sport. <laughs> he's very deter- very determined as well. Like he's yeah he's he's mentally strong I would say yeah he's quite yeah very impressive but yeah I've got uh, yeah I mean you're you're definitely one of the uh, you know the favorites going in aside from uh, from Joel there so uh, eyes on the prize first of all yeah. world championships uh, coming up next uh, on Saturday I guess it's Saturday first round Saturday yeah yeah, yeah Saturday, Saturday against uh, Diego that's a mouth watering match we'll all be watching that one on. Uh, Squash TV, and then obviously the British Nationals and the uh, the Commonwealth Games. Yep, busy <laughs> the busy calendar carries on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, busy calendar. Well, Patrick, uh, you've been great with your time, and uh, really enjoyed chatting with you uh, today. All the best. Enjoyed it, and uh, let's do Thank it again. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for having me. Well, that's episode 212 in the books. Patrick Rooney, many thanks to him. Such a humble uh, talent and an extreme talent at that. He's got a, a mouth-watering first-round match at the World Championships in Cairo, I believe, uh, in a couple days' time against Diego Elias. That'll be uh, really well worth watching. Two amazing players, and I know we're going to get uh, the best squash that you can get in that one. So uh, on this uh, podcast, though, we've got uh, some really good ones coming up so stay tuned and that includes a canadian themed uh, series of podcasts on the canadian nationals upcoming and really looking forward to have old friend victor berg coming on he's the head pro at the vancouver lawn and tennis and they're hosting the canadian nationals we've got uh, victor coming on perhaps next week and Jamie Nichols, who I, I don't know, uh, but I, I know he's been doing a great job with Squash Canada, and, and uh, he's going to come on and we're going to talk about the talent that Canada has right now, the young talent that's coming up. He's heavily involved in that. Uh, we'll hopefully also have a couple of the uh, defending, well, both the men's and women's defending champions on with any luck. I'd love to, to have that uh, happen as well. And uh, a few other surprises with respect to the Canadian Nationals. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, all the best with you. 
your squash I'm playing today. Looking forward to that. Usually getting it twice a week these days, trying to stay fit and ready. I was hoping to play in the uh, Canadian Nationals this year, but I cannot make it over there. Uh, just, uh, you know, I can't leave work a week early for that. Uh, otherwise, I'd be out of a job. But uh, all the best to everyone in their preparations for that event. Uh, and looking forward to... Uh, breaking it down with you here on the podcast over the next uh, few weeks but yes all the best with your squash uh, everyone all the best to your families keep well play well stay well and we'll be talking to you soon goodbye now